0: Well welcome to Aspen Chapel's podcast on today the 9th of April and today although it's Palm Sunday is our Good Friday because we don't have a service on the Friday itself. Um, You can see the whole of the service uh, on our website, and today there'll just be extracts with reading and a little bit from myself. Uh, But there's singing uh, from from Scott McCracken, and there are hymns as well. But just listen to um, just how we put the idea of Good Friday and the crucifixion in our message today. So obviously it isn't Friday today, but the thing is that we don't really have services on Friday, And the Jewish community here on Friday evening as well. And I just think if you're going to do Easter, you've got to do Good Friday. So in typical Aspen Chapel fashion, we're doing Good Friday on Sunday. And if anyone is missing a palm, there are some here by these beautiful flowers, some palms that Karen uh, did. Uh, The flowers... And the worship today are being sponsored by Jane Jenkins in honour of her husband Jim. And today would have been their 67th wedding anniversary. So, absolutely thank you. you very much, Jane. And these are wonderful flowers. And you can come and steal a palm at the end if you feel deprived of palms uh, on Palm Sunday. But, you know, Good Friday is traditionally the day that we look at the crucifixion on Good Friday. And I think if you're going to do Easter, we have to look... A bit at the cross, Um, and I think it's important to that because it doesn't make much sense to have Easter without Good Friday. You know, all of us. It's often said, you know, Jesus, the whole purpose of Good Friday, you know, Jesus died for our sins, blah 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 blah, and you know, resurrection. You know, to me, that's not really what it's about. He said grandly, but I don't think it is, and I want to explore what I think. Jesus was about on Good Friday. And for me, what Good Friday is about is about what what you do with pain. What do you do with pain in your life? And the whole episode of the cross, everything that goes with it, for me is really about Jesus showing how you deal with the pain that happens in life. And also how you deal with death. Because, you know, I've said this before, it's going to end badly for all of us. And we all have to face that. And how do you face that? And, you know, this image, and we don't often have the cross here now, as you probably noticed, but it's good to have it here this week and next week simply just to make that point, to look at it is an instrument of pain. It is an instrument of death. And to me, what we're looking at today is how we integrate that pain and death in our lives. And our theme today really is going from pain to love. And we're going to have music, we're going to have poetry, I'll burble on a bit, but if you just let it wash over you and just let it enter into you and just see how you can be affected by it, that would be a really good way just to approach the service. Jesus allows himself on good friday to go through unimaginable pain and just like we have to go through our own pain he shows that he shows us that actually pain is a fact of life it is a part of life and all religions acknowledge this that pain is a part of life in buddhism the first noble truth is that the suffering of birth old age, sickness, and death are unavoidable. That is the first noble truth. And what we're faced with here is that. It's unavoidable. According to Hinduism, suffering is an inescapable and integral part of life. And the purpose of all religious practice, according to Hinduism, is to resolve that suffering. And it's interesting, isn't it, that Often in church, we don't talk about suffering. You know, Good Friday, we might, but we don't most of the time. It's all about how to be shiny, happy people. But it's not. Most of us, quietly, have got stuff going on. All of us have. And although we don't have to acknowledge it and get up and share about it, we know that, and it's we're working on it ourselves. The Tao Te Ching says, she, I like the way he always says she rather than just he, she who is centered in the Tao can go where she wishes without danger. She perceives the universal harmony, even amidst great pain, because she has found peace in her heart. And that is this lesson. How do you do that? How do you find peace in your heart in this unimaginable pain? So pain is there. We know it because we have our own pain, our own suffering, our own crosses that we have to bear, no matter how spiritual we are about it, we still have the pain. And you don't get much more spiritual than Jesus, and yet He has that pain. Tom. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of this skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they had placed the written charge against him, This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the Son of God.
1: A Bitterness by Mary Oliver I believe you did not have a happy life. I believe you were cheated. I believe your best friends were loneliness and misery. I believe your busiest enemies were anger and depression. I believe joy was a game you could never play without stumbling. I believe comfort, although you craved it, was forever a stranger. I believe music had to be melancholy or not at all. I believe no trinket, no precious metal, shone so bright as your bitterness. I believe you lay at last in your coffin, numb the wiser and unassuaged. Oh, cold and dreamless, under the wild, amoral, reckless, peaceful flowers of the hillsides.
0: So we have our pain. All of us can acknowledge those aspects that come to us as pain. The question is, what do we do with it? What do we do with the loneliness or the bitterness or whatever it is that we're feeling? And in most cases, what we do when we have pain is we try and get rid of it. We try and alter our circumstances so the pain will go away. And one of the things we often do when we have pain is blame somebody else for it, especially when it's emotional pain. We project it onto others. We make it their fault. It's their fault that I'm feeling this pain. I've been left. I'm alone. All the things that come up for us, it's our partner's fault. And we make sure that they know it. It's all the Jews' fault. They're to blame. And we project that pain onto a race, onto the immigrants, anything, rather than feel that pain ourselves. And here, Jesus does exactly the opposite. He could easily have blamed the Romans or the high priests, and he doesn't. Instead, he says, Father, forgive them they know not what they do. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, instead of blaming others, he transforms his pain through forgiveness. He goes through an act of transformation. He has the pain, and he goes through the process that deals with it. The pain is still there, but he deals with it. And our role, I think, as human beings is to do the same. Our role in life, in fact, probably our one role in life, is to deal with the pain that life brings us, to take the pain we receive in life and in its place to give out love. That is the role of the human being. That is how evolution happens, the evolution of our communities, through the acknowledgement of pain and in transforming it. And it's what's called emotional photosynthesis, Emotional photosynthesis is taking the heat that we have and turning it into love. Just like plants take the heat of the sun and turn it into sugar, that's what's known as photosynthesis. It enables carbon dioxide and water to become oxygen, and that gives us life. Huge rainforests all over the world keep our planet oxygenated. And in the same way, we have the capability of taking all those negative emotions, the fear. the anger, the sadness, taking that pain and feeling it and giving out love instead. More than often, people, when they feel pain, project that pain onto others, blaming them for their own pain. And we see that in families. We see it in communities. We see it in countries. It is what scapegoating is all about. With emotional photosynthesis, that pain can be taken in and not projected onto others, but converted through compassion into love. And like trees, it happens one person at a time. And it's our true role as an evolved human being to make that love come about. That's the process that will enable our planet to be transformed. In fact, that's how eventually world peace comes about. Barbara.
1: Two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And they divided up his clothing by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he's the Christ of God, the chosen one.
2: Love bade me welcome. This is written in Old English, so come rescue me, Nicholas, if I, my tongue gets tied. Love bade me welcome, yet my soul drew back, guilty of dust and sin. But quick-eyed love, observing me grow slack, from my first entrance in, drew nearer to me, sweetly questioning if I lacked anything. A guest, I answered, worthy to be here. Love said, you shall be he. I, the unkind, the ungrateful? Oh, my dear, I cannot look even at thee. Love took my hand, and smiling,
0: Love bade me welcome, and I drew back. I love the idea that God comes to us in the circumstances of our lives. And we're asked not to respond to the circumstances, but to respond to God behind the circumstances. We're asked to make that process of transformation. And when you are in pain, it's difficult to know how you go in that direction. And it's through not drawing back. It's through letting that pain come in, through being willing to have it, and through being, as it says, quick-eyed love, through being clear-eyed to see what needs to be done, to see how love and healing can come into a situation. And it needs that moment of pause, that moment of holding the pain, that moment of being able to respond from a place of peace that enables us to make that transformation. And we all have the opportunity to do that pretty much every moment of every day. But we know those key moments when we can respond in one way or we can choose to respond in another. We can have that pain and not be angry with the person who we think has made us have that pain. But know that something in us, that pain that is there, needs to be transformed. And in bringing love into that situation, we change everything. Like the butterfly being stepped on in the time machine, our love, when we transform something like pain, transforms everything. And we might not see it. We might think, oh, what difference does it make? But like that hundredth monkey, it does make a difference. It just adds to that it is a vote in that particular direction and as we continue to do that then we do see life changing and transforming before us and so it's the very act of our feeling pain that we use to turn into love jesus is saying that as human beings that is our task that is what the meaning of the crucifixion is he is showing us how we should act as human beings in those moments of extreme pain. It's not projecting out into the world. And the result of that is resurrection. The result of that is transformation, that wonderful expression of new life that comes when we undergo a process of transformation. Like the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. It's that image like the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. So Jesus becomes something completely new. So we become something completely new when we transform through love. He's showing us the way that we can transform our worlds. Because when we're willing to take our pain and have it and give out love instead, then we become part of the water of life. When we do that, we become part of the water of life. We water and we nourish all those around us. And when we do that, we begin to heal the world. Susan.
3: (laughs) Revelation 22. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the lamb down the middle of the great street of the city on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit yielding its fruit every month and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations no longer will there be any curse The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever.
4: Bear with me if I struggle to get these words out. It is a small step to remember how life led to this moment's hesitation. How the door to the deeper world opens, letting the body fall at last toward the few griefs it can call its own. yes, I know. Our wings catch fire in that downward flight and we come to earth afraid we can never fly again. But then we always knew heaven would be a desperate place. Everything you desired coming in one fearful moment to greet you. Your full presence only in rest. And the love that asks nothing. The rest where you lie down and are no longer found at all.
0: So let's just take a moment just to think about our world and maybe just to pray for all the things going on. We pray for all those in pain at the moment those affected by war, images we have in our mind and images that we never see. People suffering alone, unknown, hunger, pain, loss and grief. We pray that we may be willing to respond to our world around us with love. Pray for our town and the valley here, for our country and our world. We pray for those close to us who are suffering or in pain at the moment. Particularly thinking of our community of Patricia Hill, of Barbara Orcutt, Will Welsh, Belbrick, Carlberg, Anne Hodges, Tracy Houston, Shelley Franklin's sister, Melanie, Galen Gatsky, Linda Schneider, Katie Zanto, Jeff Slepp, Jan Metz, Jane, Laney hers who has a heart condition, CP's grandniece, and the family, Jessa, Justin, and twin Anna. We just... Send our prayers to all of those, our comfort and our love, in Jesus' name. Amen.